Welcome back to episode four of The Bubble. Uh, we're going to quickly recap last night's draft as well as some recent trades to go over. Um, and we'll, we'll finish it off with some some sleeper picks that, that us three all, all are in favor of, um, both for our individual teams and just in general. Um, but I know Boobs and Joey both want to get into the trades that recently happened. We're going to discuss Chris Paul and Poole and then the three-way trade with Tyus Jones, Chris Stapps, and Marcus Smart. Um, either you feel free to take it, take it away. What was the first one we're talking about? Uh, either or. Chris Paul for Poole or Marcus Smart. Uh, Tyus and um, KP. Fuck. <laughs> I kind of want to start. I'll start with the Chris, Chris Stapps one. I think it's a great – it's a good trade for uh, both sides, for everyone involved, honestly. But I can understand why Boston fans could be a little upset trading away Marcus Smart. Like, that dude was literally the heart and soul of your team. He – before – when he got there, I saw Brad Stevens say, like, when Marcus Smart got there, the season before, they were tw- they had 23 wins. And when he left, they've been to the finals twice in the last – I don't even know. They've been in the finals like once, but like they've been in the top of the Eastern Conference every single year. So he's left his mark there, but I think you had to do it. They have so many guards. Like <clears throat> Derek White took that next step the last two years, and I feel like that was a choice from Brad Stevens saying that we side with Derek White over Marcus Smart. He brings a scoring. He's a great defender. He was an all-NBA defender. And now you plug in a big like Chris Asperzingas. I feel like they got way better. And in terms of the Grizzlies, great trade. They, that team is discombobulated. They have a bunch of people just chaotic, like going to prison, throwing guns at people. Dylan Brooks, and I don't even know what's happening there. But they need to plug in a veteran that will literally just talk his shit and be like, dude, we need to stay away from this and turn into this to, in order to be one of the best teams in the West like we always say we're going to be in the last three years. So Marcus Smart's a huge pickup for them. I think it could be really good. It'll get them some wins when they're supposed to lose with John Morant out the first 25 games. And then in terms of the Wizards, I know Joey wants to get into it more, but I feel like they're doing really well right now. A lot of people are shitting them, saying they've getting fleeced everywhere. They're setting up a, a complete restructuring rebuild, and they're getting a lot of their salaries looking good. They're getting young players. They have Tyus Jones. They have uh, – who the hell <laughs> – they have Tyus Jones, Kuzma, and I'm missing someone else. They're, they got Kuzma's gone. It's Poole, Tyus Jones, Monte Morris, Gafford, Kispert, uh, Denny Edvija. Uh, there's a couple more that are not wait, as wait, good. Wait, wait. But it's, really, it's really – he declined his player option. There's no way he's resigning. Like, Interesting. All right. Either way, I think they're doing – they're setting – they had a really good draft. They have a lot of picks now. They're doing well. It was a win-win-win trade for everyone. So, yeah, overall, I think the Wizards are doing a really good job. I think they're kind of pulling – like the Sam Presti sort of move where they're just going to sell like sell everything and get young guys and get picks. And then they've got eight second round picks, four pick swaps, and one protected first. I think they got from the Warriors in that trade. And they also got Patrick Baldwin, which I think is sneakily it, – it's sneakily a big deal because I think the Warriors were pretty big on him in the draft last year. And they just gave him up. They also seemed to be big on pool, but I mean, then he started a lot of drama and whatnot. And Draymond and him got in that fight. But I feel like – Overall, they're doing a really good job. They've got three good young pieces there, and as you, as you said, Poole, Jones, even Shamit. I mean, he. I know I said he blows, but he is at times when he's good, and he has you know confidence by players on his team, and he can play to the full ex, fullest extent and play good minutes. He can show signs that he could be a good player. I also like their draft pick. Um, I know we haven't talked about it yet, but 
Koulibaly, we can go into it, I think, here. Koulibaly, I think, is a really, really good pick. They traded for him, which I think shows that other teams were interested in him, and they traded, I think, one pick up to get him. Um, he's a guy that made big noise, I think, at the combine because I think he was in France, so he couldn't send in his videos. But once he did, everyone was just salivating over him. And his speed and athleticism is, is crazy. He can get up and down the floor in seconds. He reminds me of Mikel Bridges, especially because Mikel coming into the league, he had a big hitch in his shot. And people were worried about it. And I think this guy does too, except he's four years younger. So he has every right to take more time to get to Mikel Bridges' level. And um, that's kind of a tough it's a tough shoes to fill. You can't really just be Mikel Bridges from the bat. But Mikel had the benefit of being, as I said, 23 coming to the league. And I think this guy could be a guy getting a max contract in the future, maybe say four, five, six years down the road. These two-way sorts of guys are really valuable to teams. Um, and guys that can defend early on in their careers, once they pick up that offensive game, like Pascal Siakam's done, like Mikel's done, they start as defenders and make an impact on that side of the floor. Teams need that. Every team needs defenders. But then once they kind of develop that offensive game, they become twice as valuable. So I'm excited to see what he does, and I'm really glad they drafted him. And they also got a guy named um, Vucevic, not Nikola Vucevic, who Boobs hates. But another guy, I feel like they're all named Nikola, dude. Like Nikola Jovic, yeah, Vucevic, Jokic. They're all famous. Tristan, though. <laughs> yeah, his name's Tristan. Yeah, he's good, though. He, um, I watched his tape this morning. He's honestly a great shooter. He hits like step back threes and he's seven feet tall. Um, I'm excited to see if he can continue doing that in the league. I mean, he is playing in Serbia, so I don't think that's very competitive compared to the NBA, but we'll see. I mean, they went full Euro, which I like to see. I love Euro guys. And, um, I mean, they, they're on the right path, the Wizards. So I'm excited to see what they do in the future. What I will say, if we're getting to the draft picks, uh, Bilal Kalash, whatever his name is, Bilal Kubabi, Bilal, Bilal yeah, Kubabi, yeah. Uh, him, a lot of the Pacers fans are like, or no, the Wizards fans are heated just because he averaged five points per game or whatever last season for the France, the team with, uh, with uh, Wemby. But if you look at this dude, He's like an all-around talent that you can literally plug in right away, give you good minutes, get to the rim, get points. I feel like he'd be a perfect fit for this Wizards team. He went also from a person like in early 2023 that was supposed to be undrafted. And then this last four months or so, he really showed like what he can do on like a high screen level. And I'm really high on this guy too. I think he's going to be really good. And Wemby himself, I know it's just, it's his teammate, but he was saying that, this dude's going to be probably the second best person in this draft. And uh, I think it's a really good pick for the Wizards. Except for me. Yeah, he also, grew 11, he also grew 11 inches in the uh, in the last four years. Yeah. So he's still figuring out his body, which is even crazier because like once he does figure out his body, I think the jumper comes and he gets stronger and then he just becomes a force in the league. I think he's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a guy that like will take time to develop. But um, – we're going to go to the draft a little bit later. I want to go back to the pool for Chris Paul trade. First off, I think this is a win-win. Um, in terms of the Warriors, I like. I know everybody thinks Chris Paul's a little washed and he's old. Yes, he has injury issues. But he's not going to be playing as many minutes. He's going to come off the bench, in my opinion. Honestly, he should come off the bench. There's no way you can run a strong defensive rotation in the playoffs with Chris Paul and Curry and Clay at the three. Um, and then you got to put Wiggins at the four. I don't know how that's going to work, but I think Chris Paul coming on the bench is going to be great. I think he's going to work really well with the shooters that they have. You know, he's a smart guy, plays with IQ, he's a locker room presence. I think it's a perfect fit. And everybody was freaking out why the Warriors' odds for the title dropped from 1,300 to 1,200. 
Um, I think it made sense because if you look at Poole's numbers last year and what he contributed, they don't need scoring. And I'm, I'm really big on this concept of teams that are really good offensively. They don't need to trade for more offense. And I know I used that with the Suns. It's, it's a different situation, of course. And obviously Bradley Beal is levels above Poole, but I don't think that Poole would have to, you know, I think he's going to be able to blossom and really find what he can do in this is his third year. It's the third year breakout years or the third real year, in my opinion. He, he obviously played before the 2022 finals run, but he came off a finals run where he's basically getting his first real contributive minutes. And he was riding that high. I think in the next season, the whole punch drama thing happened. I think fans and, and the entire team was kind of against him without saying it. Obviously, we don't know the locker room drama there, but it just really wasn't a good fit. Um, and they already signed him to a max deal. So it made sense to move him. And Washington, in my opinion, is is – with what they had, like the GM is putting on a masterclass with the situation they were put in. First of all, Beal, the old GM signed Beal to a 60 million super max and then dipped with a no trade clause and dipped. And so the new GM's just sitting there like he's fucked. He trades Beal with what he could get, just clearing out the cash space. I think that was so smart. He basically turned Beal into pool, which if you think about it with what they're trying to do in terms of restructuring the entire franchise and, and going to go complete rebuild from scratch, I think it was a perfect move. And now you also get Tyus Jones, who's basically on the last year of his contract, only making a little bit of money. He's also young. I think what they'll do is they're going to trade Monte Morris probably close to the deadline to a team that kind of needs a backup point guard. And he'll kind of play that, not Bruce Brown role, but some team like a Reggie Jackson when Reggie Jackson was getting minutes on the Clippers. I don't know. I'm really I'm struggling to find a comparison here, but Monte Morris is definitely by not all means a bad guard. I think he's very solid and one of the best role players in the league. Um but I just think that it's, it's a perfect move for Washington to kind of clear their cap and, and start from scratch. Now, I will say, though, that a lot of their young guys, especially Denny Edvija and Kisper, I know Kisper was a rookie, but like Edvija was taken as a lottery pick, and he hasn't really shown signs of much. I know he has that playmaking ability, but I'm going to be interested to see. I know they're going to suck this year, but I really think that Poole is going to turn into that Kemba Walker 20, 20 to 22 points a game with like four and four, shooting like 45%, and they're going to be like 20 and, and 62 or something like that. Um, but moving on to, I, I definitely think that Marcus Smart is, I don't know why Boston traded that. I don't think that Chris Tapps is worth Marcus Smart. I don't care if you get two first round picks. Also the first round picks they're getting are not, they're not, you know, like lottery picks. These are going to be like late first rounders that I don't think like, again, Marcus Smart is the glue of this team. Like you said, boobs, the heart and soul of this team that it, I really don't understand this trade. If you're Boston, I know you need a big, but you don't need scoring. Again, you do not need a scoring big. Who's going to stretch the floor. You, like you had that in Al Horford pretty much. He shot like four. He called himself an elite three point shooter in the playoffs. I don't know about elite, but he was shooting over 40%. And I know that for a fact, I, I don't know how this is going to work personally. I, at first the trade with Brogdon makes so much more sense. I don't really know what's good with Brogdon's shoulder or whatever that injury is, but I don't like that trade for Boston. Obviously, they're still going to be good. But if they can figure it out, it'll work. But I don't think they will. Uh, on the flip side, though, I think the Grizzlies, this is a perfect deal for them. Um, they basically traded away a backup point guard that was going to command 20 to $22 million in free agency the year after. So I think it made perfect sense to move him. Also, it's, his time was up there. He's ready for a new role. Same with Jordan Poole. The two backup point guards, I think, will now start together in the Washington backcourt. So I think that's going to be really fun to watch. But Marcus Smart, is, I think, is going to bring not only leadership and hustle and grit, but like you said, just, just being smart off the court. Um, the Grizzlies had that whole, like, walk-in song thingy and the Dylan Brooks drama and, and Jaw, obviously, the off-court issues with the gun stuff. I think Marcus Smart is going to bring that veteran presence. But also, like, even if Jaw doesn't play, they have Smart, Bain, 
who's your small forward? I'm, I don't want Dylan Brooks. I just talked about him. Jaron Jackson Jr. And, and Steven Adams was also hurt. But, like, if they can upgrade the center position a little bit, like, hey, I don't know. This is definitely still a playoff team in my opinion. But mm-hmm. I, I really like this trade for the Grizzlies. Dylan Brooks is out of Memphis. Oh, yeah, he's out. They said he's Oh, actually? Out. Yeah, like, right after the, it was kind of fucked up. Oh, right yeah, after, I forgot about that. Oh, right my gosh. When the season ended, they were like, yeah, Dylan Brooks is definitely not coming back. Which is kind of fucked up, but uh. Well, that I mean, no, that makes sense. I mean, no, it makes hundred. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. But he's he'll still be fine. But they need to definitely get a wing, though, in my opinion, because now you have a three guard lineup with Smart, John, Bain, and Bain is not a small. Bain is not a wing. He's a guard. Yeah, and he can't play. He can't guard go, the wings. They should go for Kuzma, league. bro. They should go for Kuzma. They should. That is a perfect fit. Oh my gosh, that yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would definitely. I would look at his training. Uh, maybe a couple like Zaire Williams. Oh wait, who's was a free agent? Do they have cap? Check. I, I know, know Bane's Bane's on a contract extension, JJJ and Jaw. That'd be the and funniest team ever. Kuzma, fucking <laughs> Jaw Morant. Like, I wish Dylan Brooks was still on that team. Desmond Bane. What? I don't Do know about that. No? <laughs> uh I mean they have they have cap. Oh, they also have Brandon Clark. He was hurt the entire oh, year. Oh, yeah. Forgot I forgot about, about him. him. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're still not coming out the West, dude. I don't care what anyone says. They're not going to make it past the semifinals. I still think they're not that. They're not going to be able to take that next step, um, just because of the jaw thing alone. Maybe next next season, like maybe. Yeah, but I think yeah, Mark I just, fills in for Jaw for the first twenty-five, and that'll help out a lot too. With yeah, but uh, I mean, they're kind of set for the future. They have Brandon Clark for another four years. He's only making twelve point five mil, and I think he's a great backup big. They could even start him. I feel like in today's NBA. Um, you don't have to be seven. Like, Steven Adams is a little slower. But Jaron Jackson's on the rookie max extension. Jaw's on the super rookie max extension. But other than that, I mean, Ty Jones is gone. They got Luke Kennard making 15 mil a year. I mean, I don't really know how if I agree with that. But he, Luke Kennard's good. And Bain is on this insanely good contract. He, Bain is only making three to four mil for the next three years, two years. They have him making four mil and then six mil. So, I think they have a little bit of cap. They could definitely get a guy that that'll fill that wing position, like not a super max kind of guy. But I mean, if they can pull off Kuzma, I think this is a team that will be not only fun to watch, but their their off court antics will definitely be something to watch on on social <laughs> for sure. It's good beast. Um, yeah, I hundred percent agree. I don't even know what you just said, but I agree. I said that the. Uh, I mean, it's gonna be fun to watch. If they can get Kuzma, but. We can move on to your your segment that you want to bring up, which is I know this is your favorite player ever in the offseason, Mr. <laughs> Damian Lillard. Um, I'll let you take All that right. one. Um, there's not much to unpack here except the fact that he's definitely leaving uh, the Blazers. I know everyone right now is saying like they're they're annoyed and tired of hearing of Damian Lillard until he actually gets traded or until he actually commits. But I will say he did say previously, like I think a month ago, that he's not going He's not here in, in Portland to stay with the team that's like with a youth core, and which is a huge sign as he's going to end up ultimately just leaving. He's not going to sit there, and I feel like the one team that's going to go for him is the Miami Heat. We have a lot to offer, and I've heard from some sources that we've already tried offering him some stuff, and it's come to a halt just because of Damian Lillard himself, but I feel like as time goes on, he's going to realize they're not going to win anything with Scoot Henderson – uh, who's this dude? Uh, Sharp. What's his name? Uh, Shane Sharp. He's Shane good. Sharp. Yeah, he's still young. Anthony Simons. 
Like, I just named, like, a bunch of young dudes. You're not going to compete with the Nuggets. You're not going to compete with the Suns. You're not going to compete with the Lakers, even. I don't know if they could compete with any of those teams. So, Dame's going to get out of there. He's going to leave. He's going to the Eastern Conference. He's going to the Miami Heat. You heard it here first. I guarantee he leaves. Portland goes to the Miami Heat by at least July 9th, which is when he's allowed to be, like, literally traded. But, yeah, he's out. He's going to the Heat. That makes sense, too. I mean, if the Blazers are getting rid of Dame, they're going to want to fit that timeline with Simons being extremely young, sharp, and then they also add Scoot. And they can kind of rebuild, I guess, which is probably not what they want to do ideally, but that's their only option because Dame Dame needs to get out of there. I think going to the Heat would be really cool. They can compete with the Celtics again, and they just added Chris Stops, and they can go at it. Um, I think that'll probably be the Eastern Conference Finals matchup if yeah. that happens. Whoa, whoa. Let's not forget about Milwaukee. Yeah, it was a let's, fluke. Let's, fluke. let's forget fluke. about them. Let's forget about nah, them. <laughs> I don't know about that. Dude, if know. Milwaukee loses Brooke Lopez, I mean, they lost. They gonna That's a good point. It's still Giannis. Like, we can't, you know, it's Giannis. Their team is dead, bro. Like, I, I don't like them at all. They lost in Middleton five. Up, seed. Middleton declined his option, too. Middleton, yeah, Middleton did re-signing for less money so Brooke Lopez can sign for more money. Or Middleton's also out and Brooke Lopez is out. So, I don't would, know. Yeah. I, I, I want Brooke Lopez. I know I keep saying the Heat, but I would love him on the Heat too. And in terms of the Celtics, I know I'm kind of backpedaling here, but Kristaps is a huge – like the one thing the Celtics were lacking against the Heat was scoring within their bigs against the Heat. And if you get Kristaps to extend the floor and start making some threes and take us down the paint because we're a very like limited – size team i feel like it's a huge advantage and Derek white like i said before can easily take over the defensive and scoring role that marcus smart really portrayed over the last like five years so yeah i don't know about the defensive role but definitely offensively you can definitely do the same stuff yeah in my opinion but that's i just i'm just scared boston's like you got to realize like tatum especially brown like those guys are are going to be ice getting the ball 20 possessions a game and putting up 15 to 20 shots a game at least and like I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be it, – they're going to have to figure it out. Also, the Joe Missoula situation, like we don't know what's good with that. Um, but also going back to Portland, um, you got guys like Nasir Little. They have Cam Reddish also signed, Matisse Tybel. Um, they have this guy named Jabari Walker who's a second-round pick. He's from L.A. He's nice. They have Trenton Watford. Like all these young guys, I really think they should move Dame. I really think they're going to – I agree with you. They're going to move Dame. They have Dame, Jeremy Grant. And Nurkic, I think those are the three guys that, that are going to be gone if they do this, similar to what the Wizards did with those three guys making money. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. But the biggest problem – Any last thoughts before? Yeah, the biggest problem that the Blazers are doing is they're trying to trade for people that Damian wants, like Macau Bridges and Bam. They're never going to get those guys unless they diminish their veteran and youth core, which is another reason yep. why Dame's going to leave eventually, like – Dame, yep. if even if I'm even like if I'm a Blazers fan, I want Dame to leave. I really would want him to leave. You can get a lot back. You yeah, you can get a lot back just for Damian Lillard, and you could build from there and grow more cast. Damian Lillard is like the number two paid player in the NBA right now. You can get a lot back, a lot of youth players, and I feel like it's a very good future if you just get rid of Dame. It's not like trying to be yeah. ignorant as a as a fan on the other side. Like you need to get rid of Dame if you want to be successful right now. He's thirty three years old. Time to get rid of him get more young players in in, uh, in return. Yeah. All right. Well, that, we'll see what happens. I think he's definitely on the move somewhere, and I think Miami makes the most sense. 
It's a big market team. They just went to the finals and they have the young capital um, to get them, in my opinion. So we'll see what happens there. But moving on to the draft, I know we are all fellow fellow fans of different teams, the Heat, Suns, and Lakers. Um, I can start this one off. We're going to start with our teams first, then we'll dive into a little bit of like the picks we like for each team and why, and then just talk about the draft as a whole. But the Lakers took Jalen Hood-Shafino at 17 from Indiana, and they traded up to take Maxwell Lewis out of Pepperdine uh, via the Pacers pick in the second round at, at 40th overall. Uh, first off with, with Jalen Hood-Shafino, he is the playmaker that I've dreamed about having um, on the Lakers. I think D'Lo is a scoring first guard. And even when D'Lo's kind of playmaking, he's he's kind of more finesse. He's not quick. This guy is fast as hell. He can't shoot like D'Lo can yet, but like that's something you can work on. That's why I love the two picks we have. They're both 6'6". They're both lanky. Um, they're both fast. I think that getting in the gym over the next year or two, you can develop that shot. Um, but I, I love the point guard pick. We're definitely going to need it. I think D'Lo's gone personally. We're going to put all of our focus on Austin Reeves. Um and re-signing Rui, those two guys I think are the most important. I, If we get D'Lo back, sure, but this guy was a great pick in my opinion. I do say, though, that I kind of wish we just took a shot on Kent Whitmore just because of his athleticism, but the, the reason why he went 20, there's no, there has to be a reason for that. We're still waiting to hear exactly what it was. I heard medical reports. I heard also heard his work ethic wasn't good, um, but I love this pick. And then the second-round pick I, I honestly love even more. This guy is, is lanky as hell. He, I saw this clip of him in, in his highlight reel from Swiss Cultures. He literally did a behind-the-back move, took one dribble from the three-point line or a step in from the three-point line, got to the cup, and just finger-rolled it in, like, effortlessly. And and this yeah. guy shot 45% from catch-and-shoot. I know he only shoots 30, under 35 or 36%, or maybe 37% from three. No, it's definitely lower than that. But, you know, like I said, again, that's something you can work on, and, and wing depth is so limited in the NBA right now. That's why you got you got guys like Bilal going seventh overall from from yeah. French. Like obviously he's a great player, but you're betting on his athleticism, his body type, not what he can develop at the NBA level. That's why I think it's so important to invest early on. That's why we took Max Christie last year. He's a six eight lanky wing. We can develop a jumper for him, and that's all we need right now. But I'm very happy with those two picks. I was gonna say I love Jalen Hood for the Lakers, especially because. If you watched him in Indiana, he ran that pick and roll with Tracy Jackson Davis, and it was insane. Like he's like a pick and he's like a god in the pick and roll. And I feel like if you work with him, with Anthony Davis, it's gonna be beautiful. And he's a great replacement because D'Angelo Russell is an absolute pile of shit. Um, but if we're going to the Miami Heat, which is my team, I want to kind of talk about Jaime Jaquez Jr. This dude, um, I'm in a lot of Heat group chats. I'm a lot of involved in a lot of you know, heat uh, fan pages and stuff. And they're all, they're all so mad right now that we got this guy. We're like the most spoiled franchise. We literally just want, like we want to draft like LeBron James at eight, at 17 or whatever we were 18. But what I will say is I'm in love with this pick, dude. This is a guy that, you know, it's a pick and play, like a plug and play right away. We're going to put him in. He's going to play. He's a six, six guard. He was getting like 10 rebounds a game with like 20, like 18 points. He's a, a lot of, like, I know Jimmy was saying he's a Bello Leangelo ball, which is kind of disrespectful because. I'm not saying, really, not, I'm not comparing him to what Jello ball's done in his career, which is pretty much nothing. I'm saying, like, if you watch Jello in his high school highlights, what I saw in, in Jaime Hiquez was exactly that, just at a way higher level and a way better job. Like, Jello yeah. would catch the ball on the post and go to work. Like, he's not flashy. It's all it's all just strength and, and finesse on the touch. And that's what. Exactly. Like, and also. Bring. Like this dude, yeah, right I like here, him a lot. Yeah, he's he was the Pac-12 Player of the Year 
He's a he's an older guy. Which if you lo- know anything about the Miami Heat, we lo- we don't invest in the youth. Like the youth, youth. If we have any young people, they're like like rookies. We're like twenty three years old. Like all of our undrafted players were 23, 24 years old. They're like veteran dudes who aren't immature with basketball IQ, but they're young and new to the league. Which this dude's a perfect fit for the Heat culture. The only concern that everyone has, even me, is he shot thirty one percent from three. Which the one thing we really kind of do need is perimeter scoring, which was a huge benefit for us in the playoffs. We were like number one in the playoffs in perimeter scoring, but in the regular season, we were dead bottom. And I think if we plug in this dude, I think he'll get way better. He's a great scorer all around, but if he knocks down his threes and gets better three-point shot, which supposedly in his workout with the Heat, he was literally looking like prime Michael Jordan, which is, you know, that's cool. But uh, I really like him. I think he'll be a great player that can just impact us right away. And we need some offense, and this is what this guy brings. He's offense, and he's he culture. I like it. I, I don't know about prime Michael Jordan, but yeah, I was gonna say, was that is that you? Is that a you quote or someone? Something you saw on Twitter? <laughs> uh, I heard. Dang. I heard he wasn't missing a shot, so that's prime Michael Jordan. No, he's uh, good, and he has looked good in the uh, the workouts he's been doing. I think that's why teams weren't afraid to take him close to the lottery, given that he isn't as athletic as some of the other guys that could have taken like a Cam Whitmore or like you know, someone else, but his overall game is, it's beautiful to watch. I think um, he's very strong. He gets inside people. He knows how to use his body, kind of like Jimmy Beck over there on the other side of the podcast, um, but a lot bigger. <laughs> but um, he uh, also, Jimmy, remember when we saw him last summer at the bar? Oh my gosh. This guy was literally, Joey points him out and I like turn around. We're at the Victorians, like this literally basically a mansion in LA, like near Venice that they just turned into like a half club, half bar, but um, very over expensive. It's it honestly sucks, but we, we would go right. there just because it was convenient, but he's Bro, standing there like pretty. Of course you did. Santa yeah. Monica? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Santa Monica, Venice area. Like before Venice, Venice, but like, yeah, I know you would. That, that's how that has your name all over it, but this guy's standing there with like a the most awkward fit I've ever seen. Yeah, he's wearing a hat, like trying to stay like incognito. But like, if you look at this guy's hair and face, and you know college yeah. like you can't miss him. And like, yeah, I went over, I'm like, "Yo, like, dude, you dropped 42 on us in high school." And he's like, "That's sick." And then he just stopped talking. I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna dip." And I just left. He was not he's, trying to get paparazzi. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't oh, care. And bro, he was he just trying to hang out with his high school. Just like in these interviews, I'm seeing. I mean, maybe I'm just yeah. easy to make laugh, but he's every time they ask him a question, he's like Jimmy Butler. Like that's his only answer to every question. He just loves Jimmy Butler. So I don't know well, if that's funny, but it's pretty cool. Maybe that worked in his in his heat pre-draft interviews. I don't know. But also let's, let's move on from wait, wait, can I close this up? Someone did Almost. say that yeah. we drafted this like we drafted for the Blazers. Like what I'm hearing is that this pick was the Blazers pick, which would be very that that devastating for me because I actually am starting to love this dude. But if that's <laughs> true, if that's true, then fuck it. Give me Dame. I don't care. Joe, yeah. Suns. You said three, three videos in the group chat this morning. I need to hear about this, this Chris Boss-ass guy. I mean, I saw this guy too, Maney, um Kamara, and he's not necessarily a household name by any means. Um, definitely a sleeper pick. Kind of like a guy in fantasy football that no one knows about that you take in the last round, which is kind of what we did. Um, But after watching some of his film, I was very surprised because the first couple of videos I watched, it looked like he was like a post presence and he couldn't – it looked like he wasn't really a shooter kind of guy, like lives on the block and has crafty finishes and knows how to use his footwork. And 
pump fakes a little bit, kind of gets into guys and, and knows how to finish. But then I started watching it further on. And then he, I started seeing these blocks he was making, like pins. He, he goes to Dayton, by the way. He's a flyer, which I also like, you know, uh, underdog team that I always support in the tournament when they do make it. But, um, you know, Opie Toppin went there. But this guy was making these pin blocks and making plays, running down the court, um, helping on defense when someone maybe gets open and making a play. Um, and then at the end, I started saying he could shoot. He's a 35% three-point shooter. He's a 6'8 forward. And that's kind of what the Suns need. We need an all-around kind of 3 and D type of guy that can rebound, shoot a little bit, and make a presence from day one and, and not be a liability and not be a project. Because we don't need projects at this point. We need guys that can offer something because we have zero depth. It is a huge concern. <laughs> As a fan, we don't have the cap to really get depth. And unless we trade Aiton, we're not going to have depth. So it's good that we got a pick that can actually be a plug and play and not a guy we're going to have to develop. Not that I don't trust our development, but we don't have time. We need to win now. So I like the pick overall. And not that it's a pick that is going to make splashes, but it's uh, a guy you can play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just edit this out. I'm gonna try. Oh, I um yeah. So going back to like the Blazer thing, I think that I hope they trade Dame. But like Scoot literally tweeted out that he was like he added Dame. He was like me and you. Like once we get together, we're gonna be unstoppable. Like I laugh at that tweet honestly, but um it would be interesting to see two six two, six, two guards like the Cavs. But I think Dame is gone, so that's gonna be a project in my opinion. But moving on to the other team, that's like Brandon Miller and the Hornets. Um, they took Amari Bailey um, in the 11th pick of the second round, 41st overall. Mm-hmm. I watched this kid grow up pretty much in high school and dominate against my high school. Like, I think he's a great player, first of all. Second of all, I think that he can only get better. Um, he's the perfect guard build. I think he's 6'4", 6'5". He's explosive. He can dunk the, the shit out of the ball. He's fast. He has a great, quick first step. I think that's very rare in this league. Not rare, but coming in to ha- already have that and not have to work on that, he's just going to – I think he's going to dominate the summer league. That That is – not, not even a hot take in my opinion, but I think he's going to get a lot of volume in the summer. That's going to translate into a Charlotte team that, again, is going to deal with a lot of guard injuries in, in LaMelo. Like, I swear he gets hurt every year with his ankle. And he's just going to get a lot of opportunities to just grow and develop next year, which I'm going to be excited about. I The Hornets, along with the Wizards, I think, and maybe the Rockets, which we'll get into a little bit later, but I think the Hornets and, and the Wizards are going to be dead last in the East. Like, horrible teams. But we'll have to see exactly how the Miles Bridges situation plays out. But I'm very excited to see Amari Bailey play. I've always been a fan of him. Um, and then also Imani Bates. Like, I, everybody always talks about him and, like, how you might as well take a chance because he was the number one player coming into high school and he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Um, let's not forget that this guy was playing for Eastern Michigan and they were, like, below – they were I – w- I just want to double-check their, their record because I remember they were – Dead, either dead last or just not good. Yeah, they were 8-23. and 23. And, like, I don't care what numbers you're putting up. You're playing for Eastern Michigan already as the number one player coming into high school. That You had that hype. Um, you went to Memphis. It didn't work out. You transferred. Okay, you're putting up great numbers, but your team sucks. And, like, they don't, the NBA doesn't care about taking guys that are going to just put up numbers and not get, you know, not help the team win. So that's just how I see it. I, I think – I hope he's playing for Cleveland. Like, they don't have really a spot for him, so I think he's going to start in the G League. But – if he can shine the G League in maybe a couple of years, who knows where that team is, they can really plug him into that small forward spot and just get rid of Okoro, Chetty Osman. Those guys, I think, are just role players at best right now. Who knows what could happen? Yeah, I I understand agree with that. And if we're going to talk about, like, picks that we really liked in this draft, 
I know this guy was a top 10 pick, but I feel like not a lot of people are talking about it. But Taylor Hendricks is one of my favorite people in this draft in terms of what his immediate impact could be on an NBA roster. Uh, I kind of have some, like, you know, unsettled – I don't know how, how, you, how you can phrase this, but he was supposed to go to Miami. Like, he was very almost committed to Miami, and then he just changed the script and just went to UCF. And honestly, it turned out well. It was top 10 pick. But what I will say is this is a perfect, perfect pick for Utah – they, the one thing that Utah was lacking, except an actual good team, is defense. They were number 25 in the NBA with points against them. They were a horrible defensive team. And this guy is one of the best defenders in the draft, if not the best defender in the draft. And what he also brings is his three-point shooting. If we know anything about NBA players, successful NBA players that last a long time in this league, is if you're able to shoot the ball well and defend well, you're on an NBA roster. And Taylor Hendricks is a 42% three-point shooter in college. That's, like, fucking incredible. And, and he also clamps up the – he's 6'9", a great frame. He's a 3-and-D player that can lock up one of the best people on uh, the opposing team. And if you blend him in with Laurie Markkinen and Jordan Clarkson and whoever else I'm forgetting in bum-ass Utah, I feel like they would be a great – Hey, hey, Walker player. Kessler. Oh, Walker, Walker Kessler. Kessler. Dude, look at his nice. defensive team. Walker Kessler is a great defender. Taylor Hendricks is a great defender. Laurie Marketing is going to be an all-star again next year. Jordan Clarkson's a great shooter. I actually really like this Utah team. And um, they also got Keontae George, which I'm going to let you guys talk about this, but I just know he's a, he's, a, he's a very good shot maker, which is, you know, he's like a Jordan Clarkson kind of kind of guy because he can make, make shots. But I don't know much about him, but I will say that I'm huge on uh, Taylor Hendricks. I mean, I know a lot about Keontae George. This is one of the guys that – um, he was honestly, I think, highly or highly higher ranked in coming out of high school. Um, but this guy's only 19 and he's 6'4, 185. Like, this is, I think, it's a great pick to kind of not a project, but play, like you said, like they have the guard depth in, in Jordan Clarkson. Mm-hmm. And I think he can really kind of take that, that leadership role and kind of not mention this guy, but kind of learn from him because Jordan Clarkson is a pure bucket getter. I feel like that's his, that's his role. He's a shot maker and Keontae George is exactly that. I mean, when you kind of look at what this guy does at Baylor, like he he was shooting the piss out the ball. Um, I think it's a really good pick for 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 the Jazz. And, I mean, you can't really go wrong with taking a guy like Keontae George. If it doesn't work out, you have already, you know, guys you can play there. Um, and like you said, Taylor Hendricks, I didn't really know much about this guy coming in the draft, if I'm being honest. But hearing that he's shooting 42% from three, I mean, it doesn't really get better than that. If you're 6'9", it can defend. And if you're saying he's been on the best defenders of the draft, even if he's not the best defender, top five, shooting 42% from, from behind the arc, that's that's pretty much all you need. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing I am worried about, though, is he only shot 38% this year um, overall. And he only got he only averaged three assists a game. And get, obviously that's college, and there are a lot of facts that go into that. But – I mean, I'm, it's just going to be a little different when you have guys like Jordan Clarkson already, and Laurie's your your number one option. Um, if you're a pure shot maker, I don't know how it's going to really translate to a team like that in a couple of years. We'll have to see, but that's all I got for Keontae. Yeah, moving back to um, Hendricks, it's going to be fun to watch like two stretch fours like that play together, and I think he can learn a lot from Markkinen. Um, just being a guy who's been in the league for a few years and being a guy that has a similar, I don't know, game – That'll, that'll be cool to watch. Um, and I think having a front court like that going forward in the future will be um, will be huge for them. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like another guy, I mean, obviously, I mean, Smore talked about this pre-draft, but, like, I really think Jordan Hawks is going to be really good. Um, he's just yeah. 
Like that's a guy that can just when he's on, he's on. And I think the Pelicans, in my opinion, I don't know about move away from CJ, but I think this guy's going to be their their shooting guard going forward. Um, and they're going to get some kind of young guard. I don't really know what's going with New Orleans right now. Like I think they're in such a tricky spot where they have a really good team that's not bad, but it's not good enough. And I don't think it can be good enough with with the injury problems they've had. And like I love CJ McCollum, but he's not a tier one guard. He's just a really good all-around player that can create his own shot, but he's small. And this guy's a little bit, you know, uh, in my opinion, he's 6'4", I think, Jordan Hawkins. But Hypothetically, hypothetically, I mean, if Zion and Ingram and McCollum and Hawkins stay together, they could work off each other in a way where, like, Ingram and Zion drive and they kick out to those guys, and Hawkins could play a sort of, like, J.J. Redick role where he's, you know, a movable shooter that can work around the key. Mm. Um but I don't know if that's going to end up staying intact. Zion has all the media problems right now with all the stuff going on in his personal life. Ingram was even, I saw in some trade rumors. And then, like you said, you think they should trade McCollum. So all those guys are movable um, in the sense that they could be traded. Um, and, but yeah, Hawkins, I think, they, Hawkins is a good I think they should trade. Yeah, I think it was a great pick. But I think they, now looking at their roster, I really don't think that they have a shot to really compete. First of all, they have no playoff experience. The one time they're in the playoffs, they got they lost six two or four two. Sorry, four two to the Suns, and I think that was just the Suns kind of warm up series. Like they weren't really trying that hard, if I'm being honest. They were good, though. yeah. But they then they missed the playoffs. And now you're looking at um, Trey Murphy is a guy I'm so high on Trey Murphy, yeah. and I think that him, Herb Jones. Jackson Hayes, I know he's not that good, but I love Herb Jones. I love Jose Alvarado. He's not a starting caliber guard in my opinion, but he's good. I think they should trade CJ. They should trade Ingram. If it it really, if this season doesn't work out, they should move on. But I'm saying now, if you want to keep Zion, keep Zion, but move those two guys, clear up cap, and just develop your young guys. You're not going to win with this team already. In my opinion, I think you should just try to get capital in the draft or just clear up cap for the next year's free agency and try to go sign a star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hawkins was one of my favorite players um, coming out of the draft. Hold up, hold up. One of you else talk. I got to go quick. Um, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> Leonard Miller. You know who that is? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, Leonard Miller. What about you know him? Know that is? I, do I think he's going to be really good too. Wait, but, the one that the Timberwolves dude? Yeah. 6'10". All right, so another uh, team I'm interested in looking into here and one that had a very good draft is the Rockets. I think they had sneakily one of the best drafts. I mean, they're not exactly a a roster you're going to say is competitive. I don't think they have a cohesive unit that makes sense at all. I think they're like an AAU team, as I mentioned earlier, and I think they're kind of like Houston Supreme. They're not – they're not the Houston Rockets. They're Houston Supreme. Like they're not a. They're an AAU team. They they literally have all these young guys that can score, but they're all about getting theirs, and they need to be more about getting each other's. Um, they need to be more about being more like the 2014 Spurs, where everyone has a role and they play it well. Um, I mean, they got Eamon Thompson. I think this guy actually could be the guy to kind of point them in the right direction as far as being a high IQ guy and actually caring about the game and calling out teammates. I noticed. And some of the film that I watched on him, he was very vocal with his with his uh, teammates and even some of the people he's playing against, um, you know, coming off screens, being like, hey, you need to be here. Like, what are you doing like this and that? And if he harnesses that the right way and doesn't, you know, push on other people 
and create a toxic locker room, I think he could be the right guy to point them in the right direction. A major knock on him is his jumper. I think he shot 25% from three, but it's something you can work on. Everyone, um, not everyone, but most of these guys that are athletic and, and really young like this, none of them have, you know, a jumper that is, is strapped at this age. Like they need to work on it. The the league obviously has a deeper range. You need to kind of get a better feel for, you know, your jumper. But I think he has good vision. Some of the passes he makes is absurd. Some of his layup packages I saw were really fancy and, and fun to watch. And then they got Cam Whitmore, which is a guy who I know S'more, our, our uh, secret NCAA analyst mentioned, but that was one of his favorite guys. He thought he was going top 10, maybe top five. And I thought he was going at five too. But he dropped the 20. Um, and yeah, you mentioned his medical issues. But that guy, I mean, if they can figure out how to use Eamon Thompson, Cam Whitmore, Jalen Green, uh, Jabari Smith, who had a pretty good year last year. But, you know, you can't really tell because the stats are inflated. And Sangoon. Like, yeah. I think KPJ is done. Like, I, I don't know. He is the highest salary on their roster I saw today. He yeah, makes- well, they don't, they don't really – they're really not paying any. Like, Eric Gordon. No, they're not paying, paying any of them, but I think the five, the Sengun, Jabari, Ammon Thompson, Whitmore, and Jalen Green, I think those are the five you kind of lean with. To the is, and then they also have like Josh Christopher. I don't know if KJ Martin is going to resign, but I mean, they have so much depth, like young depth. Yeah. If KPJ could be like a Ginobili coming off the bench and being all right with it and scoring the right way and playing as a, a teammate, I think he could be a useful guy, but he, he hasn't shown he can do that. And he's all about getting his. Like this team plays like a team that is like playing for scouts to get recruited. And it's like, dude, you're in the NBA now. You don't have to be, you know, getting yours. You need to be more about winning um, and playing as a team and getting maybe some more assists involved in their uh, in their rotation. <laughs> but um, another team I was ta- uh, talking to you guys about earlier is the Hawks. Um, they just drafted <coughs> Kobe Bufkin, and I think that could be that could be a tricky situation because he's basically a point guard, shooting guard, and Trey Young. I've heard has been in some trade rumors has been kind of pushed off by fans. Fans are not happy about the way he's been playing in crunch time or even just in the regular season. Um, His numbers aren't ideal. And I think if you're drafting a guard that could show, like, is this the beginning of the end for Ice Trey and, um, you know, his Atlanta run? What do you guys think there? Uh, I think Trey Young, which is weird because I remember at the end of the season, the regular season last year, there was reports saying that they're probably going to – like he might get traded. And then after the Nuggets won the championship, he said that the Hawks were up next to win it next year. So they're in a really weird situation. But I kind of want to talk – because you touched a lot upon uh, a lot of players that I also agree with you that are going to be really good. But like the Houston situation, I agree, is very weird. But I think bringing in Udoka is a huge benefit because, um, you know – He's actually going to put those guys in check. But I want to talk about Asar Thompson, uh, the guy who the Pistons drafted, the twin of Amen Thompson. The reason I want to talk about this dude is because, yeah, I love this guy as well, but I feel like this is the wrong pick that the Pistons guy. I think they should have went Walker, Jarese Walker, for sure, just because they already have Cunningham, Ivy, Durin. They have a really good – like wing core already that is very young. Those aren't wings. You just listed two guards in a center. Huh? No, I know, no, but I'm saying young, I was talking about the young core, not the. I wasn't talking about like I was just saying the young core. They, they, I, I disagree. I think they need that was the perfect pick. They needed a three, like a three guard that was athletic. None of them can shoot. Yeah, these, no, that's why I think I think. Wait, what? Huh? I think that's why they should have got Jerry Walker. 
Okay, that's a fair take, but like I think a Sarge. Jace Walker can pass. He can get rebounds. He's a big frame. I feel like he's one of those people that can just come in and help them right away because Asar Thompson's they got a Bagley, bro. They got Bagley. <laughs> ba- yeah, but he's, Bagley's taller and he's like a true like center. Like Drace Walker's a power forward that can just bait you down to the paint and help out the guards that they have there that are young. And he could pass too, which is huge. He is like a passing big man. But, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I think they're fine in terms of they, – they also have Stewart still signed. Like, I don't think they're going to improve that much. I think it's just a leap year for Ivy and Cade. But the year following after, I think they need to dish both – either Bagley or Stewart or both. Hopefully, Duran gets better and then build around Asar, Duran, Cade, Ivy, and then fill out that last spot with a free agent. They also, they also have Bojan Bogdanovic. Um, so oh, they yeah. signed him for, like, a two-year extension. And so, I don't really know what's going to be good with that rotation, to be honest. So, that doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. They just – I think those young guys need to shoot better. I think their percentages are pretty bad from three. And Asar hasn't – I mean, he's shown signs that he could become a better shooter, but he's still young. And I like the pick overall, but the fit, I, I, I'd agree with Boobs. I don't think it is the guy you need right now at this moment. Maybe they'll end up trading one of those young guards and then opening up space or possibly, you know, getting rid of one of the young guys they have. But mm-hmm. I don't think right now their team makes sense, kind of like the Rockets. But they just have to figure out – what guys are going to keep, um, what guys are going to develop the right way, and which guys are, are going, they're going to end up you know, moving on. That's kind of how it needs to go. Yeah. Can we can we touch upon Caden Cunningham, Cade Cunningham at all? Like, sure. Or is that just – should we not talk about him? Because mm-hmm. I feel like this dude, is, it's not going well for him at all. I mean, we can continue, but I think they should no, trade him. I, this is going to lead for a bigger discussion. We'll, we'll save it for the next episode because yeah. I disagree completely. Like, the man just got hurt, and they knew they, they, knew, they, knew they were going to suck. So, um, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. We'll get into that for episode five. We can start right away with that debate. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in for episode four. Um, we'll be back with episode five, and, and I think maybe next week or a couple of days. But um, stay tuned for more, for more post-draft analysis, and we'll see you guys next time. Jesus Christ.